Welcome to the Money Buddha podcast, where I chat with people who I admire, people who really follow the things that light them up in business and in life. And our guest today does exactly that. He has launched many businesses over the years, from a graphic design company to being the founder and CEO of the Farmer's Truck. He's lived in different countries and cities, and his focus is now doing social entrepreneurship and loving it. So let me introduce you to Frédéric Lafolge. Hi, Frédéric. Hi. How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's sunny right now in Montreal, and oh uh, things God. are good. Yes, it's, I'm in Montreal sunny right here now. Too. Yeah, I figured. That's what I was going to ask you, actually. So good to know. Yeah. yeah, I've seen you post about Montreal, so figured you live there now. Well, I'm in between New Brunswick, Montreal, California, and uh, yeah, we were gonna we're doing more work in California, and then uh, yeah, anyways, many many things that's on the go, but uh, most of my time is in Montreal nowadays. But uh, yeah. okay, oh my gosh, California, good to know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, because uh, every time I I see you, which isn't like often, but if I I think last time you ran into each other at uh, the grocery store. And we talked for a while, but I'm always like curious to know, like, okay, where are you at now? Because I've seen you lived in like Europe, I think, like years ago. Backpack, yeah, backpack. backpack. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just okay. like pick a one-way ticket somewhere. I pack my bags, and then I go there, get lost, learn yeah. something new, get acquainted with the culture, and yeah, like I to do that many times. Not as much with since COVID, I guess, but uh, right. My last big trip in Europe was Amsterdam. Yeah, I went to Paris and Amsterdam and came back. Yeah, oh yeah I really like, like Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, that's somewhere I'd like to go visit. I mean, oh. all like Europe in general, I'd like to, I've never been. So, but Amsterdam that definitely is on my bucket list. So how long would you like stay there? Or how long have you stayed there when you went? Uh, so it depends. I mean, uh, in Europe, you can stay about three months uh, with the Shenzhen zone, unless you're a, you have your permanent residency. So I usually try to squeeze what I can within the three months. And oftentimes I don't have that much free time anyways. So I got to go back <laughs> to work. Uh, but um, I really enjoy Amsterdam. And I mean, all of Europe, every little bits and pieces, all the different languages, the culture, the how cities were built around different you know, some are Roman roads and some were very much new. And like in Amsterdam, they have the canals and all this stuff. And it's like, it's such a creative city. You go there and you're almost like, um, fill up inspired. with inspiration. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like anytime I travel, which isn't like that often as much as I would like to, um, I always get that like feeling of like, wow, like why haven't I done this? Like, more often or like I just feel yeah it's different you're like everything's different your mind feels different you think of different things like get like aha moments like oh wow like yeah like like they say I mean and I forget who uh, that's uh quote is from but uh, I have it somewhere but basically the you know the world is a book and if you don't travel you're only reading one page and so oh my god that's how you got to oh. look at it I love that I might print it off and put it somewhere. That's so I mean, true. Oh, love that stuff. I, I mean, you if you want to understand how we got here, you have to look back, right? And you have if you're trying to understand how the world works and and I'm fascinated by the world. Like I'm always listening to like news from Singapore or Germany or in Japan or like 
how does all these different communities and culture get to live on one big ball that's floating in space and then <laughs> somehow and not obviously not in many cases not but uh, get along but in most cases uh, we do uh -huh. um, and then how we got here and how complicated and how many fights we had and how many discoveries and you know right now we're living in quite such a crazy time with AI and like uh. you know mRNA vaccine for example like you know that's going to cure cancer I mean, that's going to be, uh, uh, so we're living through this right now. I think it's pretty crazy, but um, right. yeah, traveling is pretty, I think it's pretty important. I think that's the first thing you should do um, yeah. if you can, like go, um, go get lost somewhere, like find, you know, whether it's uh, it's a couple of weeks, whether it's a month, whether you can commit to that long. I know, you know, if you have kids, it's different. If you can bring your kids there, I mean, that's even better. Mm -hmm. Get them to experience different things. And it opens up your mind to like, okay, I, 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 um, I see the world. I hopefully see the world in a different lens, and that yeah. helps feed your curiosity and maybe your passion moving forward. Uh, so, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, no, I love that. That, and I know that you're very interested in a lot of things like that. I knew that about you for sure. Yeah, you're so smart. You just have so much information. Like you. You're, but you can tell you're interested. It's like because you love it. Well, well my 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 uh, my uh, uh, what call it unfair advantage, I guess, is I uh, you know ADHD. So I mean, okay. I just um, just it's... need to feel fuel the machine, the curiosity, yeah. and it just never ends. So I mean, that's me, and not everybody has that. It brings obviously it's a other superpower challenges. for sure. Though I think yeah. after school, like, did you have a hard time in school or no? You must have oh, been I got I got kicked out of school at what? every single school I went to. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't sit down and listen to someone. And obviously, ADHD people have problems with authority, so mm -hmm. I was always like challenging authority. Okay, that and, makes like, sense. Like, like, <laughs> like work on this thing. I'm like, so no. why are we working on this? Well, just because that's part of the curriculum. I'm like, but that doesn't tell me why I should learn this. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not learning it. So, so see you later. Right. <laughs> right. Huh. little little rascal yeah well that makes sense actually everyone that i know that is that has adhd patrick calls it hdmi because he said that once by mistake and now we're just like we see someone like a kid running like in the arena and we're like hdmi like <laughs> as yeah. a joke i mean whatever lightly but um but he definitely is and he but everyone that i know um they all like started businesses like they're they it's a superpower for sure like after school it's totally another it's definitely an advantage for sure it's like the energy I mean, they, and if you put it in the right you know I mean like uh you have to place. structure yeah yes. I, I mean that's what I've learned and then I mean about they're saying about six to six to ten percent of the population would have some sort of ADHD diagnosis to some degree and it's kind of a spectrum and now they're looking at it like autism it could be on that That's spectrum like as well yeah so like okay. neurodiversity being, being the, th the theme I guess wow. and uh, when they look at entrepreneurs and I'm on the board with Portage with the the, the youth uh, rehab center in, in Cassidy Lake uh, in New Brunswick and then you know we look at like the kids that are coming in. And so there's an over-representation of people with ADHD or, or, or with apparent signs of ADHD right. um, that are either in the entrepreneurial world, like 
uh, a really high density, like 60, 70% of entrepreneurs have ADHD. It's just they have the I energy and the curiosity and the, don't want a boss. The resilience, <laughs> the grit. Yeah. Uh, to to and you know and then also yeah. in uh, in uh, detox and in in uh, prison and incarceration there's an over representation of kids with kids people with ADHD yeah. so the yeah. kind of the conclusion that I get away from get from that is like either you have to channel that energy somewhere it's going somewhere right and we don't have a school system that's doing much about it and you know a lot of these kids with ADHD they're actually uh, the duans, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're, uh, um, I mean, they have a gift. I don't know what the term is gifted. in English. Gifted. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're gifted, but they're, they call it twice, twice gifted. Basically they're the gift of like, you know, something they're really smart with, but they have dyslexia or they have, right. like, and it's like, it masks their, uh, gift or right. their giftness. It takes yeah. over what people notice. Yeah. If someone is obsessed about the right thing, someone with ADHD, they usually have obsessions and it's just, it, it can be either good if it's in the right place or like where you put your energy. So yeah, like, yeah, it makes sense. And you don't get to choose what your brain likes. No, right. So uh, it's more like, like your, who you hang out with. I mean, ish, and then it kind of starts there and then where you kind of, I don't know. Yeah. 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 yeah, I really like dinosaurs when I were a kid. When I was a kid, <laughs> like I was like all about dinosaurs. <laughs> With that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty harmless, I think. Learning yeah, and then I mean, I got into boats, and then I got into gaming, and then like there's something that sticks. But for me, for example, with the farmer's truck, what I what I found through that journey is that uh, with the agency, when I had the marketing agency, the design agency. We did a lot of projects for customers and clients and, you know, it was rewarding to see your work getting out there, but right. I wasn't getting the same type of purpose kind of feeling like I was making a difference. And, and, you know, that seems to be one of the things that keeps me going is like, do I, do I wake up to make a difference or do I just wake up to make a bit, uh, you know, make some money? And at the end of the day, right. I don't, you don't, if, if you, the less you need, the more you have. So if you, if you need little to live, then you don't really need that much money and, like I have friends who are entrepreneurs. They have like the boats and the BMWs and the big house. And like, I just can think about their monthly like expenses. Uh -huh. And I'm like, I, I make good money. And I don't even want any of that. You, like, right. Not, but you don't need to make it like if something happens and that you can't, I mean, work for a month or two or whatever, you wouldn't be stressed about it because you're not like, oh, shit, like I have all these payments coming out. Like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? So like if you have to keep up with your lifestyle, like it's not, they're not yeah. like richer, we'll say in quotes. They don't make more. They, I mean, like they might make more, but they spend more. That's yeah, so and I, yeah. yeah, and I and I have a whole philosophy sense. about minimalism, minimalism about that. Okay, as well, that's so that funny. I, I had yeah. I had that on my questions here. I wrote minimalism. <laughs> so can you? Okay, so we'll get into it. I guess I have the questions, but. Um, it's always interesting. I love chit-chatting. So this is great. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was interested in knowing because you did start, I think your first business was, um, was it Smitty? It was Smitty, your, yeah. Yeah, Smitty. And uh, so that was um, graphic design. So you started yeah. that. Um, can you tell me about like, I guess your kind of entrepreneurial the journey? journey? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so 2009, so I graduated in 2007 and then got a couple jobs, uh, one of the newspaper and then uh, La Case Nouvelle. And then the other one was uh, at a sign shop. 
anyways, just jobs. And then I was like, I got uh, fired from my last job because I wasn't being productive enough. And I was like, what do you mean being productive? And I was always arguing with the owner, uh, which is no longer in business, by the way, not uh-huh. saying that, uh, but anyways, um, tips. you're trying to <laughs> just painting a picture, just painting a picture. Um, and, uh, they, um, uh, there was this big argument about the quality of the design that goes on the sign. And my my shtick was, you know, everybody can get the vinyl and everybody can get the same material and the printer. Like, that's just money to buy things. What matters is what's on the sign. And when somebody's walking downtown, they're like, hey, that's a really cool sign. They don't think about, oh, that's a good uh, quality a stainless steel sign. Nobody <laughs> gives a crap about that. Is it a good looking design? And this is what makes, so I took time to make good designs, find the right typography and all that stuff, but that was not his, uh, his vision of vision. things and, and which is fine. I mean, I'm not the owner, I, I, but then he fired me, uh, just a day before I left on vacation. And I thought it was such a, and I was like, you know what? I'm not working for the man anymore. I am done. And I was like, I'm going to starve to debt if I have to work as a designer freelance, but I'm going to make it work. And then. Got my $500 uh, student credit card (laughs) (laughs) maxed out, uh, borrowed a bit of money from mom and dad, and then, uh, you know, started uh, basically trying to reach some customers. And at one point I was going through the phone book. I was like, that design sucks. I'm just call them and see if they want a new design. Wow. Um, And fast forward six months, I'm like, okay, this is not working out. I don't have enough projects. I'm going to basically like uh, have to repay all the money I borrowed and like just the desperation. Right. And then I got in and I found this uh, this contract with uh, uh, Bell. Anyways, we landed a contract with Bell Alliance. And I started doing some design with them. And next thing you know, yeah, we need three more and we need five more. And next thing you know, we become agency of record for Bell. And like we're designing the fiber op launch campaign across Canada uh, through Norton Tell, through basically the whole thing. So it was quite an exciting time. Um, We grew. We had an office right on St. George Boulevard, right downtown. Uh, We had a really cool team. Uh, But then this opportunity with the farmer's truck came around. Anyways, I don't know if you want me to go down that road. Yeah, yeah, I want all of it. Yeah, so so we did all this, and then, uh, but I still felt like, I don't know, something missing. And this is where the purpose comes in, right? And I, for mm-hmm. me, I mean, like, I have to wake up and feel I have purpose or else I don't want to wake up. I just right. want to stay in bed and just figure around. And like, so what motivates me is like to do good, like do good and feel good, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so this gentleman I met in uh, uh, from Capelet farmer Mathieu and uh, he was talking about his farm and he's like an MBA with a civil engineering background I'm like you dropped everything to go farming I'm like this is pretty ballsy but I I was listening to his story and I was like I have to work with this guy like there's just something about this that's just so exciting and and we came up together with the concept of the farmer's truck we launched in 2015 and then that's the the summer I was like you know what this is what I want to do I yeah. don't want to do the agency anymore. I'm done. Like this is, I got the big contracts. I got the, I'm just, it's not exciting anymore. I want to right. do this. And then I've been doing this since. Um, right. And every day I still get excited about it. It's just, you know, right now we're feeding um, roughly about 20,000 uh, families a week with the trucks that we've uh, launched. And uh, wow. we're on launch. 
Yeah, yeah, and we want to launch two thousand programs, which will will by twenty thirty, which will feed roughly about a million families a week. What? Okay. Oh my gosh. So, can you explain to people that might not know what the farmer's truck is? If they haven't yeah. seen it. I've seen it a bunch of times when it was in Moncton. Yeah, but yeah. So, so, so what is it? So yeah, so farmer's truck is a uh, mobile farmer's market. Um, it started to bring fresh local food to community in Moncton, Dieppe, and Riverview. Uh, we made uh, extra care to pick uh, the farmers that were within a 100-kilometer radius from Moncton. That included Nova Scotia, PEI, and obviously New Brunswick. And uh, we found uh, products that people didn't even know we make, like flour and pasta and things that we make in New Brunswick that nobody knows. And I was like, wow. here, discover the great stuff that we make. You can make a full meal. You had uh, protein, uh, fruits and vegetable, bread, local bread from the, well, where do we get our bread? Uh, Olivier, Oliver's, Oliver's Bakery. And we used to, anyways, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the the community um, that we were serving and um, the people that were enjoying this. And I really wish we can bring it back to Moncton at one point. We're still talking with some nonprofits, but essentially we had to pivot because we ran out of money. And the short season in the East Coast Canada and the fact that, um, you know, this is all self-funded at the end of the day, we didn't get uh, uh, an investor to, to do all this. So, this, And as, then, yeah, so, okay, go. I think you're going to tell me what I'm going to ask next. Uh, well, so we did that for about three years. We launched uh, two trucks. We launched an online store. We did home deliveries. We did a box, we did all kinds of things. It was really exciting. People got into it, but it was really early stage for people to buy things online, especially food. And uh, anyway, so we've, we've had some challenge and we've decided, okay, we need to pivot. We need to do something else. We're running out of money. And I knew there was a, other organizations looking to do this. And it ended up, we spent, I spent quite a bit of time trying to figure out how to do a good truck design. Right. And other organizations, there was nothing else in the market. So I was like, hey, do we want to launch a truck business? Like help them at least with the truck and then kind of go from there. And then that's really what happened. And now we're right. serving, um, you know, uh, from Brooklyn to Hawaii, basically, uh, communities all over the, the North America. And we have uh, demand in Australia and in the UK and in Latin America and some in Africa. So it's crazy right now. We're just... Wow. Navigating all this. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I knew I saw that you pivoted. Um, and that's where I get so interested. I'm like, he's so smart. Like he takes something that you're basically trying things out to see, like, okay, I want to do this. Like, we'll start with this. So let's and I think you're good at like um execution is what I'm feeling from you. Is like you have an idea in there, you're like, how how you get obsessed about how do I create this? Like, how do we do it? I don't know. From what I know, like. Well, so so with the background, with the design background that I have, it's it's really about human centered design. So um, during the, my agency time, we got really good at designing web apps and like uh, iPhone and you know mobile apps, and it was all about like, okay, what does the user need? Understand mm -hmm. their their motivation, and so if you do human centered design, you will always bring value. Right. So I was thinking about how do I bring value out of everything we've learned? And the pivot just made sense from a scale perspective. And I could I could start envisioning it. And I would be like, hey, they could be farmer's truck all over North America. That would be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Let's do that. And imagine the impact that would have. So I was like, okay, I'm sold. Wow. Right? That's it. That's like, so, I don't need yeah. more than that. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I think people sometimes they think 
small and they say that way so they're like oh okay well I try this and it, it didn't work so or like you said like here the um because it obviously worked and people loved it but if it's not worth it for someone to do it every year do you know I mean as a business standpoint and just to keep going but like you pivoted this way which makes so much more sense and like you said you're making such a big difference like such a bigger difference than just having the one farmer's truck or a few do you know I mean in our community so I think that's really incredible and I love that I really well, love thank that. you Thank yeah, you. So uh, in know. the other communities we're helping, they position this as a as a healthcare. Uh, it's a community health prevention program. Wow. So, it's, so it's it's not like if we were able to position this like that in New Brunswick and have some support from the healthcare right. system in some way, shape, or form, because food is medicine. Right. Yeah. New Brunswick has the highest uh, after the Northern Territories. We have the highest food insecurity rate in all. Uh, highest or second highest in in canada wow uh, we have a lot of challenge in the in the uh indigenous community first nation community there it's even higher uh i mean we have we have our our slew of challenges it's just you know i'm not going to get political here, so. <laughs> <laughs> i know you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah. but yeah no that's interesting but no i i just love seeing because when i started seeing you post about it that like is this like a franchise like what is he doing like I didn't know but this is so awesome I love it so much because didn't you grow like grow up on a farm or like ish like wasn't your yeah, family yeah. in yeah small uh, farm in uh, Baker Brook New Brunswick uh, near Edmonston and uh I mean it's a small hobby farm my dad had and we had you know planted beans and potatoes and had uh, cattle and pigs and you know just a, a, a you know hobby slash business farm but my dad was never really good at business so. right 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 you, that happens yeah where it's just like like, like most farmers like most right. farmers so yeah which this but, is yeah. great because it just it puts the business side and helps them as well right it's like win-win win-win-win for everyone it is and i mean some farmers we work with like in colorado they have a her, uh, you know an urban uh farm and uh, they have a food hub where they aggregate mm -hmm. food from all the local farmers and then they use the truck to sell that and, and the other one like in sacramento for example in california they've had quite a few uh afghan uh, refugees coming in right with when when that that whole deal happened um, and they have a different, uh, you know, palate. They they eat different uh, fruits and vegetables. So right. what they were able to do is work with the community, figure out what they're missing, go back to their farmer. Be like, can you grow this? Oh. Yeah, I can grow this. And next thing you know, it's full circle. Wow, which I think is amazing. Yeah, that's oh my what gosh, community I love that. is. That's mm. what community is, right? So yeah. uh, it fosters it fosters fosters community, and it also. With the seniors, like a lot of seniors, the loneliness pandemic, right? Which is the mm. other thing, right? So now this is their social for the week. They come right. there, they talk about what they're going to eat. Oh. And they talk about, this is the event, right? So I think there's so much good more, like food brings people together. Mm -hmm. and it's an excuse to bring other services. And some of them, they do like eye exams. Some of them, they'll do like diabetes. They'll talk about diabetes, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a health it's program on wheels. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. so interesting. That's so, that's great. Oh my gosh. I love hearing about all of that. Wow. Yeah, no. And I mean, you can twist it in any way you can like decide, like you're saying, 
if they're like an organization that about diabetes or whatever, like whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so it depends on the angle, right? So we have right, some that angle. are serving like, uh, you know, the undocumented farm workers in the central Valley mm -hmm. in California, which like, you know, the story is they spend their whole day harvesting food for people, but they go home hungry. Oh, right. And I mean, this whole, you know, so there's a lot, um, yeah, a lot it, of complexity and challenges and disaster relief. The truck right. is used, uh, you know, like for the border in Texas, when there's a lot of people, you know, there's still a lot of people coming through, like they're, they're using the truck to serve some of these communities. Like it depends mm -hmm. what, what, it's right. what the need yeah. is and what they're, for yeah. community exactly yeah oh god so you uh called it social entrepreneur entrepreneurship so is that just like like what's the definition of social entrepreneurship something that helps like yeah it's, um it's the first so, i was like love it tell me well, more so, so social entrepreneurship is the concept that uh, i think there's a lot of entrepreneurs or potential or future entrepreneurs in our uh, in the world in the population and the kids that are growing up uh, but they don't necessarily are a uh, find an appeal to just uh, getting you know super wealthy and just making mm. tons of money money is obviously important but it's not the end of all and we all die and we all you know there's we're still human at the end of the day and, mm -hmm. and uh, so um social entrepreneurship is taking all that horsepower that you know the silicon valley culture built with the grit and like the finding the product market fit and uh, and uh, you know the whole strategy behind launching businesses as fast as possible spending as less money as possible bootstrapping but applying that to social issues Mm. and especially a social issue that you care deeply about right. and also you have the fuel to to move that mountain mm. and you just apply what you've learned so with with the years of working in my own business and helping other businesses i've learned quite a bit and i thought and i love food i grew up on a farm we, you know so food is a big portion of my you know big part of my life and then i also a big fan of social justice so to help people who are uh, marginalized and has been uh, you know I've been marginalized right so being ADHD being kicked out of school all the time mm -hmm. so all of this together just makes a perfect cocktail of like uh, of you know for me anyways to, to and in social entrepreneurship is that it's trying to find you know you're a soup kitchen you're helping the, the uh, unhoused people have something to eat at least once a day and how do you make that uh, venture sustainable mm -hmm. And I've had conversations with nonprofits all the time, like, hey, can, how do you, you know, instead of making one pot of soup, make two pot of soup. And then the other pot of soup, you put little, uh, I don't know, little uh, uh, containers and you sell it to Dalma, for example, or maybe not Dalma, but, uh, you know, a convenience store. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you know, buy one and give one soup. Right. And people would buy that all the like, yeah. time. Right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have money to plan your succession planning. You have money to buy new equipment to make things easier. You have money to actually hire an assistant. You don't have to depend on volunteers, which doesn't always show up. Mm. You know, it's doing social good and taking advantage of all the for-profit practices to do nonprofit work. Right. Wow. Love that. Thank you for That's like 
That's totally down my alley. I love having a purpose. And uh, I mean, obviously in my job, I don't, it like it helps people, but like one at a time and it's nothing to do with like social, do you know I mean, it doesn't make a bigger difference. And that's where like, I feel like this podcast is kind of a little bit of that where, I mean, even just giving out like, so that people can have like, let's say your message and like just hearing other people's stories. Like, I feel like that sometimes just a little tiny piece that can like, just make a difference somehow maybe uh, <laughs> light up I, I, you know what I mean so creating. with your background like with your background and your understanding of mortgages and the industry and all that stuff how about you apply that for social housing mm. you know help people that are marginalized have been struggling find a, a roof over their head you know there's a big need because there's a bunch of money coming down for nonprofit or cooperative housing or whatever and what if you made instead of being like a crappy cooperative or uh, <laughs> nonprofit that bear, like in Montreal, for example, walking around, I'm like, you can tell which building is a uh, co-op and which building right. is a, because they have no AC, they have very little windows. And I'm like, okay, how could you make a better environment? And especially mm. for seniors, I've been thinking a lot about like the, the, the everybody retiring and, uh, you know going into a my grandmother is in the retirement home and the whole experience with covid really kind of like still mm. the vibe for this for me anyways and i'm like i don't want anybody right. I want my mom to go there i don't want anybody <laughs> to go there and i i want to change that that's another project <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you have so many projects and ideas yeah. and it's just the yeah Right. Like pick a fight, like pick, yeah, pick, pick a, fight a fight with something. Yeah. 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 Okay. Love that. Love that. I'm not a good fighter. I'm like more of a, oh, it's all right. I'm <laughs> too nice sometimes. But yeah, no, when I get fired up about something, I can be pretty, yeah. It doesn't happen like that often, but yeah, I need to pick a fight. I need to find like. And I say pick a fight, pick something that you're. No, uh, but you're something you're. It's bigger you. than that fuels you. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I understood. <laughs> That's so great. Um, so what, uh, like, I wanted to know too, like your um, business day, like, what do you do in a day? What does your business like day oh. look like? Is it a typical uh, or is it? No, no, no. I'm not. A, I'm a terrible employee. I'm a terrible <laughs> employee. So um I wake up at 5, 5.30. Uh, I'll go and read something. I'll go for a walk. I'll do I'll do breakfast or whatever. But usually I'm already catching up on emails and I'm trying to prep my day. Uh, then I have my huddles with the, my team. The, we're fully distributed. So I have people all over the place. So depending on where they're at, you know, but usually it's in the morning. We have our calls. And we line up the day and we're trying to put an intent on the day of what we're trying to accomplish and, and remove barriers for them. So, and, and I'm all, I'm usually part of these calls. Um, uh, the morning, I usually want to set my morning to do executive stuff that I have to execute. Like if I have to read through a document, come up with something, whatever, uh, that's usually my morning. So my brain cells are like aligned and uh, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And in the afternoon, I try to keep it for meetings, but it doesn't always end up like that. But that's kind of how my my energy goes through the day. Mm -hmm. and, and then uh, five o'clock comes. I usually like to cook something nice and, uh, you know, go back to I try to balance my day because it's important to have uh, even though you're running a business and you could work 24 hours mm -hmm. in a day or you could probably fill in that whole day with all kinds of things. But your mental health is such an important piece. Right. 
Yeah. And and the best way I can describe this is like, I have a friend of mine who uh, went to the hospital because he had heart palpitation and it's just getting out of hand. And they're like, okay, is he doing like a heart attack or something? Is he going to, no, it turns out he did all kinds of tests and it's, it's stress. And he barely ate in the last three days. He was so stressed about this. And I'm like, okay, if you had a horse in a race and you're like, this is race day. And then you have one horse who haven't ate in three days and barely slept and like poor nutrition and no exercise or the horse who had a really good, you know, uh, is in good shape. Like, I mean, that's what it is when you're an entrepreneur, you have to look at yourself. Like you're making all these decisions. Mm. You have to be sharp. Uh, your mental health is a priority. Mm. Have to, you have totally, to. totally. I feel like, um, I kind of hit a wall in like 2021, 2022, when it was like crazy, insane, busy, like at work. And then just all those things. Um, and we just couldn't keep up. And, uh, and I definitely felt that where it's hard now, I feel now my, my energy and brain power is like much less because of it being so bad for like a long time. Right. So I was just trying to like survive and I, I, I still feel it like now where I'm like, oof, like I, I basically yeah. used up all my energy in those few years. And now it's like, I'm so selective on what I can do in a day and what I focus on because of like, I mean, maybe having kids too probably like didn't help like tiredness, but, but I feel <laughs> like the burnout part for sure. Like it's just like, it takes a long time to like slowly get back. I don't know yeah. if I'll ever feel back like a hundred percent, but maybe I'm just getting old too. But I think, I think it did have something to do with it. Like for sure. Where I just I like, think we have crashed. to embrace it. Yeah. yeah. You have to embrace that you went through that that um, a moment of reflection because at mm. the end of the day you hit a wall and you're like, okay, what the hell am I doing now, right? So <laughs> it's kind of life telling you, okay, slow down, stuck, stuck, yeah, yeah stuck in That's it. I mean, <laughs> so um, I had the same in 2012. 2012, 2013, I was like at at a peak. Well, anyways, I was in a, a weird spot and I just fell it's just completely out of like i couldn't get out of bed i was just crawled up in a ball and i i couldn't even like nothing could get me out of bed like no interest whatsoever just completely drained i was like okay wow i mean i uh, i'm that's not me obviously i'm always mm. excited to do things and i got tons of energy and all of a sudden i'm like the complete opposite so it, i read some books i talked to people it took me some time to get back on my feet and and still till this day i still exactly have the same uh, re uh you know reflection that you're having mm. i pick where i want to spend my energy i remove i was on like a million committees i was like i'm mm. gonna pick two i'm gonna right. pick two that's it right yeah uh, i still get asked today like hey, can you want to join this i'm like nope no energy yep. no bandwidth uh yeah. at five o'clock um, i'm clocking off i'm going for a walk and or something you know mm. like i don't, I don't want to have that uh, no. crazy, uh anymore yeah no, totally. I think every, not maybe not everyone, but I think people that are ambitious and that do overcommit, eventually it might yeah happen sometime in their life. I I feel so, like. And success yeah. attracts more work. So mm. If you're good at what you do, then you know then uh, right. And in and in your in your case, uh, you know how do you like? Well, my challenge with the agency was I couldn't find another Fred because right. I had to scale. Right. Fred and right. I was like I couldn't so 
um, right. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to well, do a service business anymore. I want to do a product business. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have so much things that I could do. Like I'm, I'm good at a lot of things and, and obviously I'm good at what I do. Um, but sometimes, yeah, it's like, Oh, can I switch it so that I can help more people somehow? Do you know what I mean? Or, um, so that's not always like one, one-on-one and like, so we're slowly like, figuring out our system. I mean, I, I created a system for like just taking applications in 2020, early 2021 before the big, like insane, like everyone was buying houses and whatever. Um, and uh, cause like, I can't, I don't know what I would have done. I, I, I wouldn't still be there. Like if, if I hadn't done that, so it all kind of the timing was perfect um, because before we were literally like, okay like calling people like what's your name what's your birth date and taking the application that way like I I we never could have survived doing that right so at least we had the link and because it was everything like everyone's at home-ish or whatever still so everything kind of got changed up where you could be like hey look I'm gonna send you a link just fill it out and it comes in we'll like (laughs) we'll call you so um that helped quite a bit but uh but yeah there's definitely tools that we can apply and I, and I mean ai right now you should look into ai and a bot people can just like talk to a bot put in their information and the bot could uh anyways something to think about huh okay yeah i don't know a lot about ai i only uh downloaded chat gpt like the other day and i was like what is this <laughs> like what yeah it's, so i got everybody to everybody on my team i'm like you gotta get a chat gpt account Mm-hmm. And it's like you're, it's like you have an intern, an MBA intern yeah. sitting next to you. That's how you got to look at it. It's like, Hey, can you write something about, uh, this in this tone or whatever? Like insane. I was like, wow, not magnifi- using my brain power. Like it's all there, like written out in nice words and worst case you tweak it a little bit, but I'm better at seeing something done up and being like, Oh, I don't like that word. Change that. But like, Okay, perfect. Like a few right. things. Whoa. Yeah, it but is like, like a research, a simple research. Like who makes uh, this type of product in Canada? Oh to meet God. 10 of them and their phone number and who to talk to. Like ah. it can do all the search on the internet. Right. It, it's You have yeah, to look have at to it like. think you know. about it more because I forget yeah. that I have that. Like it's in my head. Like I can. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have to like reminders somewhere <laughs> yeah help you put a business plan you're like yeah. hey, i have this idea for a uh, social housing for seniors uh-huh. and uh spca that's another project i would love to do like connect animals and people who need love uh-huh. together that'd be so cool yeah right oh my gosh we so, i love yeah, that anyways oh that's so awesome i i knew i had to have you on here <laughs> <laughs> had to chat about all all the things so so i guess the last question was what was my day i guess i answered that one I guess you I did. did you did yeah no i love to see where things go like just start like obviously i have some questions but like i i'd rather just chit chat and then wherever it goes it goes and then when we need to pop on another question <laughs> but um but yeah so uh, what would you say was like your biggest um like life lesson or business lesson in all of everything that you've been through? Was there something that stands out in like you had to learn? 
Well, I think I think something that people don't know about entrepreneurship is once you understand that you can create anything from scratch in the sense that whatever you're walking around in the city and you're seeing all these buildings and cars and all that stuff, someone somewhere came up with that. Mm. And and it changes your perspective on work and employment and and your role in a society and you know what what you want to create you know and in French we say société which means society right in English we use more of the crop you know different words to say a business but I think the role of being an entrepreneur is much more than just creating wealth and all that stuff it's it's really about you know you're creating a little community. Mm -hmm. and your values and what you care for and, and how you want, you know, you should put out there what you expect your community and what you want your kids to live in in the future, mm -hmm. right? This is like an extension of like, here's the love I'm giving to my kids, but also to the future generations moving forward. And um, I don't know where I was going with this. Absolutely not. Completely blanked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good, though. Like that. I mean, yeah, no, I mean, your answer is like... Also, so the takeaway, right? So the yeah. takeaway. So being an entrepreneur, you can shape the world is basically what I'm saying. And, and you know, how big your ambition is, there's no limit. And obviously, it doesn't mean you're going to meet your ambition and meet your goals. That's not the point. It's the journey that matters. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of people put some, and, and obviously, the way the system is built, you go to school, you follow this and then you get a good job after university and you make money and you do all that like this is kind of the track that everybody's sold on mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is like you're trying to build a plane on the way down like so a lot <laughs> not a, not many people want that experience but for those who don't mind uh, a little challenge i mean it's so rewarding and um I mean, with the caveat that, you know, you'll put yourself through uh, the ringer a couple, a couple of times. Right. So that's, that's the challenge, but, um, you surround yourself with good people too. That, that makes the world of a difference. Right. Mm. Mm. You know, I've, I've founded businesses alone and then founded some with co-founders and not, you know, 10 out of 10 would always go with a co-founder if I, if I have the option. Right. You I know. think we don't, um, uh, uh, collaborate enough. We forget that we don't have to figure everything out to like alone and to build something alone that sometimes like someone else somewhere knows the thing that you don't know yet and, and could be a good partner. Not always, obviously like you have to <laughs> be selective on who you partner with or collab with and stuff. But yeah. there's so many like-minded people that like, it's just their, um, what they're good at is different or what their knowledge is. And then you can like, And I think where you said, like, like we're taught, okay, you need to go to school and then go to college or uh, university and then get a good job. But we're not taught in school. We're not taught to, like, it's like you do a test. It has to be on your own. If not, it's cheating. So obviously mm. we forget because that's how we were. That's how we grew up. We never were. Yes, we do like projects, but it, it we still weren't like taught like, hey, what about like, I mean your your neighbor or that person like they're good at that and maybe like both of you together figure out the test like, together you know what I mean like the system is designed to feed uh the needs of businesses right so mm -hmm. 
and it was designed on the industrial era the one you know all the grades and all that stuff it's really much around uh production line like if you look mm. at the way schools were were designed it, it was really much around that but <clears throat> I think there's a lot more work being done to get kids to try entrepreneurship. Uh, I think that's, that's um, so, so there's some, some good coming out of this, but I, um, I mean, we can't have like a person like me, I'm a terrible employee and I know it. I know. <laughs> so if I go work for someone, they're like, Fred, why are you, why are you not working today? I don't know, man. I just sitting <laughs> on the couch and debt scrolling doom scrolling <laughs> on my phone i'm like so that's ADHD, right? yeah yeah and some some days i'm totally i'm i'm useless and then the other days i'm like i need 10 people to follow up because i'm like i'm just like yeah. moving everything but i think that's important too i guess to uh i mean especially when you're an entrepreneur to follow your waves of like your energy where when and where because forcing yourself to do something when you're just like you can't even do the task obviously isn't like productive so that's yeah 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 cool this is so great Fred. so um where can listeners go find you online where should they go uh, follow you yeah so we're quite active on our our social media um it's the farmerstruck.com uh so uh, we're building a new web we're on we're in the works of building a new website um yeah it's complicated we want to do like all the different countries and like the different yeah so and we have new products where we're looking at like because our mission is fresh accessible food in every community and the concept is like if we all had an opportunity to eat better what kind of world would we create mm. right so um and especially marginalized communities. And if you look at the U.S., I mean, uh, Canada as well, but in the U.S., they did like redlining and they'd be like, okay, uh, black people, you're going to live there. We're building a highway in the middle and white people, you're going to live there. And if you're a black person, you cannot get a mortgage on this side of the road. And if you're it's like, there's crazy stuff like that. And and still Whoa. to this day, the remnants of all these uh, uh, racist, systemic racism basically built in uh, still impacts the, and it has impacted the urban development and it's going to linger around for decades. So these communities are often, they lose their grocery store and mm -hmm. you know, that's what happens. They increase food deserts. And, um, uh, anyways, I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah. <laughs> to so that it's accessible to, to everyone. Yeah. That's your mission. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the mission, right? But, so, yeah. Oh, right. So, so the mission, so the mission, the farmer's truck is a mobile farmer's market vehicle, but there's other ways to make fresh food accessible. And so we're looking at like lockers, like refrigerated mm -hmm. lockers. So people come and pick up their own boxes. Mm -hmm. We're looking at like <clears throat> another type of locker anyways. And then um, I'm thinking I'm going to build a slew of tools and services to help nonprofits do that work. And it's right. so I'm not because that's what they don't have. Right. The, those ideas or resources if you like do it up for them and be like hey what about this and they're like oh my gosh that's perfect like because they never would have created or thought do you know what i mean or well they need help they, yeah, need, they help, need help right yeah. and uh, <clears throat> and if you fall in love with the problem mm. and not the solution right so that's the other thing a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes they're like hey, i love my idea of a mobile market truck yeah well it's great but mm -hmm. it doesn't fit all the bill and i'm okay to say this is not the right fit for your community. Look for a locker instead. Right. And that's, and you know, you have to have that 
and basically you have that humility when you fall in love with the problem and not mm. your solution. Right. That's so great. I'm so proud of you, Fred. This Thank is you. so awesome. I'm really proud. This is great. From Love the college it. days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do me the set. Do me the set, oh, yeah. Cool. I know, right? It doesn't feel like it was that long. But let me turn the question on to you. So what yeah. does purpose work? Uh, what does the purpose work looks like for you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like I love serving. Obviously, I love giving information. I love serving, like, people. I mean, the housing stuff, like, that I I wouldn't fall in love with that problem, I guess. <laughs> um, but um, I know it is a problem. I feel like I'm... I really want to, you're asking, you're putting me on the spot. You know, so <laughs> I feel like my purpose, because I'm so good at like giving information, helping people, like that's really where I like light up and I get excited. Like I, um, like I want to help, you know what I mean, everyone. So in my job right now, I feel like I could do something or on the side, at least like, like create a, digital course like do something else that is that will help a lot more people um then like right now it's always one-on-one -on -one, so I just feel like I really want to and, and that's where I'm like but like which like what and like exactly how and all that stuff and then I'm like oh okay well and then I get busy right so that's kind of where I'm at right. which is this is for me like a step in that direction to figure out what my next like um, like mission in life is, do you know what I mean? So whether I still do mortgages or not, I just want to be able to like to make a difference and like where and how I'm not sure yet, but I know that well, I. It's it sounds to me like you know that you like to help people. Right? I do. I do like yeah. And that and applies I, to many different things, right? So you just have to pick whether you're going to teach them about what you're really comfortable with, which is mm -hmm. like the world of, of mortgages and all that stuff, or pick something else. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be, you I could, know. you know, if you have another passion that you want to teach and help others, uh, you know, I think that I've always, okay, actually, so I always, always, since I became a mortgage broker, 20, uh, 2009, 2008, 2009. So I remember in like 2011, 2012, that I was like, people have no idea. Like they, they're clueless about like the money stuff, like the basic things. Um, it's the same cycle because no one's ever really, we've never been taught really well, like how to manage our finances, how to like make those decisions. Like, like people just don't think about it. They're like, oh, like I got my first job. I'm going to go buy a brand new car. Like, but then no one really thinks about what that does. Like, okay, then they want to buy a house and they can't because they can't qualify because they have a car payment. Or just like, it just starts off like, I mean, okay, you have a big payment per month. Like, obviously you can't save that much. Like, it's just like a vicious cycle where people don't um, have the tools or like the resources or just they don't think about it. They just do the things that everyone else or that like if their parents are the same, that yeah, I mean, there's no one there to like guide them. So I always mm -hmm. felt like in high school, I didn't have anyone to like, there's no guidance in like what you want to do, 
like what the options are other than just like, oh, go to a university or whatever and become a, an accountant or, you know what I mean, like there was no, nothing else other than the, the normal, like, okay, there's, you can be a nurse and you can do this or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I've always kind of had actually like that passion of like, okay, there's, there must be a way to give that education to the younger, like before they go out on the world on their own. So I, I guess that's kind of where, yeah, that I've always, always had, which I'm kind of oh. gearing. That's what I'm preparing to right now. Is to oh, so so you mentioned yeah. kids, you've mentioned financial literacy, you've mentioned, uh, I mean, that sounds like you have yourself a little like um, maybe a youth mm -hmm. financial literacy coaching kind of thing going on. Yeah. Am I, am I in the right track? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I used Google chat GPT for the other day. So because like to create my digital course about all okay. that yeah yeah no because um I just feel like I went to like high schools and talked to them and even middle schools um but it's just that's also one-on-one -on -one work me being there somewhere like I want something where it can like grow and be bigger and help more people and just kind of have that basic without over complicating things because that's like ugh, I don't like the big we just did a uh, coloring book for kids. Okay. And it's all about uh, explaining what mobile markets do and how to eat healthy at the same time. And it's this journey and it's called Farmer Freddy. And it's AI <laughs> that created the whole story and came what? up with Freddy too. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And, <laughs> and it talks about growing vegetables and how you take care of vegetables and then how you go in communities and you serve them and help them set up. And like, how do you cook? Like there was a smoothie and the other one's a, a salad. And I was like, Okay, I mean, you could, and I'm spitballing here, but you could come <laughs> up with like uh, literacy activity for mm -hmm. youth that are that try to disconnect the, um, the um, I don't know, uns not the right word, unsexiness. It's not the right word. Um, <laughs> no, but like it's boring. It's not but, exciting to be yeah. told. Oh, we're gonna learn about. I don't like that term, financial literacy. It's long. It's like, oh, it's gross. That's what I was yeah. It's just, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a, like, I don't, it doesn't speak to me. So, so, so reframing that, reframing yeah. that so yeah, kids find. It exciting and yeah. fun. Yeah. And kids are actually really very interested. So, like in high school, I, I um, would speak to uh, grade 11 um the same teacher would get me in and I would do like five different like classes I would go every two weeks for like five different like hours so um so I have all of the like stuff like in a powerpoint and stuff so I've always kind of had that in my back pocket where I'm like okay I really need to just do it I've always had that thought like I need to do something like who do we talk to to like add something in um high schools or just kind of having someone do I mean something more like than the one course that we might have had once about I don't know how to do a budget <laughs> I mean like yeah I don't, I don't remember so obviously it wasn't uh yeah like no no talk about income tax no talk about like letting of that it's right. just such a complex complex can be can be very complex I guess it can yeah but yeah. uh just the basic yeah. stuff so yeah uncomplicate yeah. things is like my gem yeah, that'd be oh really cool. Oh my gosh, this is like a brainstorm session. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Multi-friend. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think we're we pretty much hit the one hour mark. So we'll we'll okay. wrap up. But um, 
but thank you so much for being here and your my wisdom, pleasure well your i i don't know that right. i have so I, I have many experiences but i i i think I, one other piece of wisdom that you know learn from others i guess because you can't make all the mistakes yourself so mm -hmm. uh you just have to learn and be observant and uh, take your ego out of the way i mean mm. That's probably right. the number one business killer is like, get your ego out of the way. It's not about you. It's about what you're trying to fix. So focus on that and fuel from that. And then the rest will come. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Love it so much. No, that's, that's, that's perfect. And I mean, yeah, like we just, I feel like we're always, we want to do things ourselves and like prove people. That's totally ego. Mm -hmm. right that is ego yeah so oh my gosh let that aside this is a pleasure. so yeah a reminder to listeners to go do something that lights them up today and uh see you next time okay bye bye-bye